Hello and welcome to Thursday. This is Alex Volkov. I'm an AI evangelist with weights and biases. It's still so fun to say because it's new, but I'll keep just saying this. And uh, today I come to you from San Francisco in one of the hotels as I conclude my very brief trip to here uh, that I came out for a specific AI event with open source that I got invited by the open source community. And in the middle of me flying here, Google dropped Gemini on us. So we actually recorded this podcast episode from Latent Space Podcast New Studio. So shout out Swix and, and Alessia for letting me crash their studio and test it out. And also Swix joined us, which was really, really fun. And we also got joined in Midspace with LDJ, who often co-hosts Thursday Eye, and Shrumanik, who's been once or twice, our friend from Germany. It was really cool because it was a mix between kind of a uh, local folks. We're sitting four people in the room talking and looking at each other, which is new for Thursday Eye, but also uh, folks uh, over the uh, Twitter sphere, uh, Nisten and uh, Pharrell and uh, Umesh and Akshay and some great friends of Thursday Eye all joined as we talked about basically these two things, the Gemini release. We talked about Mamba as well, which is very interesting. And we talked about the open source AI event. We also talked a little bit about ModCon um, from Modular that happened also in San Francisco also this week. So it was a great conversation. However, uh, there was a little bit of a technical difficulty in the beginning. So the beginning of the podcast is not actually the beginning of when we started to talk. There was a few Wi-Fi issues and hopefully I, I was <laughs> by the time I sorted them, uh, we're already in the middle of the conversation. So the, at first you'll hear me start, but I basically kind of restarted this. I really enjoyed my time here in San Francisco. It took I took a bunch of Waymo rides for the first time. I got approved for Waymo. I met incredible people, very talented people. And uh, this is basically a, a trip summary for you of everything that I uh, experienced in a very brief time. So with that, I give you Thursday Eye, December 7th, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's start this again. Um, Google finally told us, uh, answered the question, like, where's Google? And they released Gemini. Gemini has been there for a while. Apparently, they were waiting for some stuff. Uh, unnamed sources told me that, like, obviously, they've been training and people have been seeing Gemini, but they haven't released it uh, for a while. And so yesterday, they released a bunch of stuff. A lot of this is a, a blog post and a cool video that we're going to talk about the video as well. Um, they have shown that Gemini, at least Gemini Ultra, bids GPT-4 on a bunch of benchmarks. And we're going to talk about those benchmarks as well. They show the cool multimodal video and multimodal capabilities. We, we knew about those as well, right? We knew about the multimodality that's coming. And we've talked about multimodal 2024 being the kind of the, the year of multimodal. Um, they they announced kind of a three model setup. There's Gemini Ultra, which is like not yet here. There's Gemini Pro, which is now available to everyone in Bard, and a little mini model for a kind of on-device inferencing, which is something cool. And we've talked about on-device multiple times as well on Thursday. I and so I guess I'll go around the room and just kind of get like uh, this initial reaction. As you guys know, much of this area, much of this AI thing is is vibes based. Like we sometimes it's really hard to evaluate on on benchmarks on evaluations, and a lot of the times like we know what's good or what it's not that good based on kind of how the community reacts and how how things react um so i guess i'll go around the room we'll do digital first uh maybe nistan and then and then educated if you guys want to go and then we're going to talk about here with uh, luigi and, and trumanic 
Yeah, sure. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Nissan Tahira. I'm a software developer in Toronto. I currently do open source research along with uh, Pharrell here. Uh, previously, I uh, worked on the team that built uh, Dr. Gupta, the first Dr. AI you know, wrapper on the, on the market. And uh, now recently, we released about a month ago Baklava, the, one of the first like, good uh, open source uh, vision models. There's a couple more now. And uh, yeah, I'm usually, uh, I've been in these rooms since uh, March, I think. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Nista, you, you got muted a little bit. So what's, what's your take on, on Gemini, dude? Well, I haven't tried it. So I think the model is, is probably fine. Uh, there's just a lot of uh, frustration over the years that has been building up with people seeing many promises and very flashy demos from Google products. And now you see that a little bit culminating with uh, this release that uh, people are fed up with marketing speak and they just want like the actual facts because the products, the, the model's probably pretty impressive how, how close, uh, how close it comes. But again, there's a lot of questions with uh, general availability, stuff like Bard is not even available in Canada yet, not even the first version. We ended up making our own open source Bard at home. Uh, so yeah, over, I think the model is probably going to be fine. Uh, it's just the miscommunications and, uh, the marketing that people are frustrated with, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the kind of the vibey feeling that I get, at least from the ecosphere on Twitter is that, okay. Google yet again announced something that's like um, um, that's like a wait list. However, they did give us a few models, right? So the the, the MIDI model, the Gemini Pro model, which is um, which is still fairly impressive on the MMLU score. I think it's like seventy nine on the MMLU. Um, and uh, you know, previously what we had in Bard was Palm and some versions of Palm, and they came out with Palm a while ago, and we knew that the Gemini is coming. And even that is kind of like an impressive bump. So I don't know if you had a chance to play. Oh, so you said it's not available in Canada yet, so you haven't had the chance to play with this. Um, I want to hear from Educated. Uh, uh, Raj, if you want to unmute and tell us a little bit about what, what you're feeling, what you're hearing from, um, what's your reaction to Gemini's release? Have you been waiting for this? I know you're in the other ecosphere. You guys are using Azure for a while. So let, let me know what you, what, you, what you thought about it. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, yeah, my, I'm, I'm known as Raj, but my name is Umesh. I'm based in London and primarily working, uh, in enterprise applications. Uh, we are trying to make, uh, large language models basically time aware or temporarily aware as they are not aware. So that's our research area, but we, um, work on multiple cloud system basically. So we, uh, employ Azure OpenAI APIs to, uh, access OpenAI. But we are also on GCP. So actually, I took a chance to talk to GCP guys that we are interacting with here for some of the uh, application pipelines that we use on their Vertex AI and, and the uh, uh, um, uh, model garden, basically. So that's what we employ. Uh, and uh, we, could, we could actually, uh, you know, force them a little bit to say that, okay, we are developing a new pipeline. So you have to give us some visibility on what is coming up. And... Uh, apparently it looks like internal in internal communication, the, uh, what we are excited about is the 13th of December when they are going to open up the API, uh, for the development. So that's, that's a milestone and hopefully if they keep, 
um, that milestone, then that's going to be great. So that's what we are, we are looking at. Uh, as far as Gemini itself, the model is concerned. So uh, in the UK, uh, once again, like large part, like we tried from different different places and everything. So uh, we are still getting Palm 2 model. Uh, we are still not getting Gemini on on quite a few instances. So that's very weird. Like they're they're employing Palm Two, and I I posted it on my timeline as well as the snapshot, like where it shows Palm Two in in front. And uh, when I when I spoke to a few people, like who are who are kind of let's say influencers in this area, in in uh, in social media, and they were actually trashing down Gemini, saying uh, Bard is still giving the same response and everything. But then they realized that it was actually Palm Two model, so they were not actually accessing Gemini. So that's something that. Everybody should be aware of that. They should be they should be looking for, for whether they are really accessing Gemini or it's just Palm Two. So, uh, but overall, I'm I'm really excited about that as as everybody I think here is. But the the one thing that I'm really really excited about is the nano model or the mono model, basically. Uh, so that's where uh, I think it's going to be massive uh, kind of thing because. Uh, it's going to be a new Android uh, wrapper around a model. So that is something unique. So the model will be at the core of Android system that will be uh, pushed out to all the phones. And then basically what happens is that you have your local uh, local AI. And what I understood from Google engineers here based in London is that uh, that model will be working kind of in conjunction with uh, uh, Gemini Ultra. Uh, so that's Ultra is basically where Google Cloud is going to be powered. So most of the APIs will be transferred to Ultra at the beginning of 2024. So right now, as when they open up uh, um, APIs on 13th of December, uh, they will go to the Pro model, but then they will be transferred slowly to Ultra model. And uh, then what will happen is that this model which you have in your phone will actually talk to Ultra or any kind of extra inference required or complex uh, you know, reasoning or task uh, kind of thing. It will talk to Ultra and the model itself will use the information that is there in your phone to work as kind of your co-pilot or assistant. So that I think is very, very powerful because I mean, uh, what Android is on 70% of the phones in the world. And imagine like uh, this model getting pushed to all these phones and every person walking in the street from Vietnam to India to US having, uh, you know, their own AI in their, in their hands. So that's that's the part which is very exciting, and I think uh, that's the architecture that I'm really really excited by. Thank you, uh, Umesh. Thank you. I, I want to follow up on this on this thing you just said. Like the APIs are going to get released in you said a week or something, but it's going to be just the pro stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they so what they what they told us uh, the GCP engineer and they're they're quite senior uh, level uh, guys in in GCP in London and. Uh, uh, what they told us is that the 13th of December release is primarily going to be rolled out on Ultra model. So, uh, sorry, on uh, Pro model. And then they will switch to Ultra because Ultra, they need to leverage, like the reason that it is delayed because they wanted to actually release Ultra. So if you remember the October event that was publicized and then they canceled it and Google stock dropped by 10% and everything. So that was because they wanted to release Ultra first. And then they what they did is they changed the uh, the configuration and they said, okay, we'll go ahead with Pro yeah. so that we have something in the market to make market happy and, and say that Google is still relevant in this field. And then we will go for Ultra. So that's what happened in the background, actually. Oh, wow. Awesome. All right, folks, I want to say I want to say hi also uh, to Swix, who just joined us, who is Hello. hosting us. Can you guys hear Swix, hopefully? Uh, uh, not from his like, we account. We have not tested this. 
<laughs> yeah, this is this is a new a new setup real quick. Uh, but I think I think we're good. Um, Swix, we finally got Gemini. What, what initial thoughts on on the release? Oh God. Uh, sorry. So I have I I was at a call earlier, so I don't know what you guys already discussed. No worries. But, what you, your uh, initial thoughts? We didn't discuss for sure. So. I mean, yeah. So like, um, you like it's a good model, but it's very 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 unclear if it's actually GPT four level. Yeah. Um, it's def we're probably it's not better than GPT four like they are claiming, and that intellectual dishonesty. Uh, it's concerning coming out of Google. Mm. Like, just say you're, just say it's Gemini. Just say it's like oh, it's okay. That's not as good as GPT four. Like, don't do this thirty two shot versus five shot thing. That's that's just embarrassing. Uh, don't do this like heavily edited video that is probably not real. So let's talk about that real quick because I, I definitely saw the video and I was like blown away because like it was super cool. It's a person pointing at things, talking to things. It's like um. Basically, in order to get to that level of performance, you need real life video understanding, and you need like a multimodal or fully multimodal model that understands video. Uh, to get to this level of performance, you need Adobe Premiere, you need After Effects, <laughs> you need uh, you need a you know very good Hollywood style video editor, yeah, and a lot of post processing. So, so I, let's actually kind of talk about this because like many people did see, and I think uh, a lot of the news reporting and as well, they saw this video and and kind of oh, this is like what Gemini does. It's yeah, not what Gemini Muppets, does. Yeah. It's not what Gemini does. What and, and how we know it's not what Gemini does is because there was a Google developer blog that came out and showed how they kind of did this, right? And I don't know if you guys had a chance to like read this Google developer blog. Um, they actually showed that it's text and images in sequence, and they're asking um, Gemini Ultra, I guess, not Pro, that we got, just questions based on the sequence of, of images. And then... Uh, a very nice editing, like like I said, Premiere or whatever Google uses, <laughs> probably not Premiere, I don't know what Google uses, um, cut it or I guess recorded that video of a person interacting and kind of splice this thing together, which does seem like it was done on purpose. But we know for a fact that like that's not how smooth Ultra is going to be. That's not the UI. Yeah. Yes. And we, we <laughs> want it to be the UI, right? Like that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, of, of we, wa we want uh, many things, but uh, we know. can't have a lot of things. It, it's just like I think uh, the... Uh, um, one of I think Tior Taxes, I don't know what, what his real name is, um, may, may have the best summary. Uh, you know, it's very much like, um, you know, like they they are they're, they're they are behind in the news cycle. Everyone makes keeps making Gemini jokes every week. Uh, they wanted to just tell people like, hey, like we have a thing and we're shipping it. And, you know, it's not available yet, but we're shipping it, um, which is good progress. Like it's, it's really like honestly, like hats off to them. Like they're, they're doing hard and important work. Um, like, uh, but like, I, I feel like they could have just been more upfront about where they are at and we, everyone would be okay with it. Like, it doesn't have to be, uh, the best at everything all the time, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so, so I, so I mean that, you know, I, I hope I'm not too like down on them. Like, I, I think it's actually really good to have more alternatives to open AI and, and to have more, uh, research labs, like doing really frontier work. Uh, and I, you know, I'm looking forward to ultra when it comes out. Yeah, and which we still don't know when it is, right? They said early twenty four, yeah. as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Take them at their word, and we're gonna take them at the word. Uh, at least, at least there's something, like, right? We're exactly. waiting for for. Exactly. Um, cannot well, cannot complain too much. Cannot complain too much. So, so here's the positive, as I kind of collected them from the from the Twitter sphere, right? Um, there is an alternative to OpenAI, a big alternative. Elon Musk with XAI always talk about a duopoly. There's OpenAI with Microsoft, and there's Google, and where's Google? And Google is now here, and they're showing a good performance, at least on paper, uh, even though it's a little bit of dishonest into the, our, our AI Twitter sphere. The 32, um, let's talk about the 32 real quick. Um, Google showed us that they're beating GPT-4 GPT 
uh, on MMLU score, which is a, a benchmark from OpenAI. Or actually, no, MMLU is not from OpenAI, Luigi, right? I don't think so, but no. it, it's it's a, it is a very common popular benchmark. Common popular benchmark. Yeah. And 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 so they're showing that uh, Gemini Ultra uh, is achieving an unprecedented, I think, so far, ninety point zero four percent on this MMLU benchmark, which uh, a lot of models use. Um, and then uh, where they show that like they're doing this with COT32. Could you, Luigi, could you walk us through like what COT32 means uh, and how it like applies to the testing? Um, it can kind of mean a, a lot of things. I'm not sure exactly what they're referencing in this context, honestly, but I think um, usually 32 might mean something like 32 shot, and that can kind of be interpreted in different ways. Uh, sometimes they, it, it typically is sometimes like 32 shot, meaning they kind of maybe give it 32 examples of ways that it can be answered before it answers it. Or sometimes in other cases, they might do something like uh, giving it 32 chances to answer and then picking the best one out of those. And then uh, COT typically just means strain of thought. I'm not exactly sure if Swix or others wants to shine light on more specifically what it might mean. So uh, they actually publish in the paper um, what they mean by by uh, COT. Okay. And and so like uh, uh, Jeff Dean, for those who actually want technical detail, Jeff Dean probably had the best thread from Google that is not marketing. Yeah, um, Jeff Dean is the the guy who leads stuff over there. Right? Uh, yeah, I I think he's still currently head of Google Brain. Yeah. Um, trying to get him on my pod. Um, we'll, we'll, I Shout know, out, Jeff I, Dean. I don't know if he does podcasts. Yeah, I, don't, you, I don't think I've ever heard him. If you hear podcasts. this and you want to come to Lincoln <laughs> Space, it's a cool new studio uh, that you yeah, can Yeah, it join. was really, really well. Uh, I mean, his thread is the most informative and, and mm -hmm. precise. And people actually challenged him, like, hey, dude, like, what, what is this 32 versus 5? Um, and he's uh, he was like, yeah, we came up with a new form of uh, few shot prompting that we wanted to show off. Uh, and we like we felt this better represents um, how you should benchmark models. And obviously, mm -hmm. like they are very serious in doing real science as well. So um, they have this term of uncertainty routing for thirty-two shot. I don't know if you guys have discussed this or no, no, talked in the paper. Um, yeah. So like, uh, so basically, uh, it, it is the it is the second kind of uh, few shot prompting, and um, uh, that, I don't like that. You know, like that—that's like spending thirty-two times the number of tokens in order to find one right answer, and like you can get it wrong thirty-one times, but if you get it right right once, it still counts as a win, and like that—that's uh, a little bit um, not what we expect as users. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, I mean, you know, uh, so so at, at least they compare like for like because they also called GPT four V with the same mm -hmm. uh, same methods, yeah, yeah. Um, and on their methods they win. On the GPT, uh, on on the standard five-shot prompting, GPT-4 wins. GPT-4 yeah. gets 86.4, uh, <coughs> and uh, Gemini Ultra. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who t did they test this, and then they posted this in the paper, but not in the blog post, correct? Yeah. So that's kind of the the trick, the the sleight of hands behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's very funny memes. Somebody tweeted about like, hey, I, I fixed the slide for you, and then one one slide is like the number go up, and the other slide the number go down. Um, <laughs> it was just really funny. Um, so it, it, which which is all to say, like these giant benchmarks, like MMLU. Uh, by the way, the the author Dan Hendricks is on. Twitter, very active on Twitter. Uh, you guys should just ch have him on. Um, and uh, another another fun fact about Dan is that he's actually a very safety, he's a safety researcher, mm. even though he's synonymous with MMLU, which is kind of the gold standard benchmark for uh, sort of like a uh, AGI uh, eval. <laughs> uh, there's a separate benchmark called AGI eval. Anyway, so um, I, I mean, I, I like, this is great. Like uh, basically they're demonstrating that they're 
of the same quality. I just wish that they they weren't they made they didn't make such a heavy claim on it. It's, it should be one of many results uh, on a panel of results. They they seem to do well, uh, particularly by by the way in the multimodal stuff, which I, I think you you were the first one that flagged it to me that mm-hmm. uh, they they uh, slashed the word error rate on Whisper uh, by a third. Um, so like. Well, all the multimodal stuff is great. We're they the didn't... same model, yeah, yeah. Uh, mind you, right? So, like, we, we know the Whisper came out. Whisper is like best of class, or at least it was best of class up until a few days ago, I guess. And mm-hmm. now the same model that does uh, multimodality on input and output. It also draws well, w- some w- w- Whisper is the best in class that you can use. Uh, that you can use, like, Gemini, the Gemini has a marketing video. For sure. The we can use. Yeah. I'm <laughs> saying, like, um, in a world where, where the competitor to OpenAI, the biggest competitor, which is now Google, until Grok comes out, which, by the way, we probably should mention that at some point it comes out as well i think today uh oh really today. plus users um i don't know if you pay for premium plus I, I i paid for it but they don't they still haven't given me access i'm, I'm on with twitter support right now so you should get x to the uh, grok today if you update your app something elon tweeted something because oh, okay. i think he wants to write the, the the news wave um actually don't pay for premium plus i should so so back to gemini real quick um uh, DJ, I wanted to hear your quick thoughts on this. I know you're busy like doing some open open source stuff, but like a quick thoughts from you, and then w- we can uh, continue to talking about like what this means. Yeah, and um, bring the mic closer to you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's coming through good now. Yeah. Okay, so right now, I think I want to look more into the multimodality aspect of Gemini. Um, so hold up, real quick. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Swix is taking a selfie. Yeah. That's what uh, we I'm, do. I'm, like, I'm helping to promote the Twitter space. So yeah. <laughs> I realize I better take this now. Okay, you want to take a, a better one, real quick, so I'm prepared. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll take a selfie, everyone, because like we're here in actual meat space and not in in digital nice. space, which okay. is which is new, new for us. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so. Um, Gemini. Yes, yeah. we've been waiting for it for a while. So multimodality. Yes. Uh, with it, I need to look more into it that more. Um, I've. You said it's multimodal on the input and output. So yes. is it able to actually speak to you as well? So or the multimodal on the output that I saw was the generation of images, and I don't know like what they use behind the scenes, but the generation of images that 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 they show is. Um, it's pretty pretty advanced. I think in their demo, even even if you kind of. Excuse the the theatrics about this. Even if you like, excuse, okay, they took the, some images. Uh, the person provides it with an image of like two balls of yarn, and then asks for an image what what it can do, and actually like shows like crocheted dolls from that th- those yarn ball colors, right? So multimodal on the output, to me at least, uh, from the what we've saw from their examples, means uh, just image and text. I you know obviously in the demo they also like made sound, but. We know that that was likely fake because, like, we saw the text that it uh, outputted. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like multimodal on on the output on on the sound stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, I think the other notable thing, which I have to look into more as well, but uh, the coding. So they created something called I, I think it's called Alpha Code, Alpha Code Two. Yes. And that's I, I guess it's it seems to be a fine-tuned or augmented version of Gemini Ultra. I think it is, or, or Gemini Pro or Gemini Ultra. And from what I've heard, that is significantly beating GPT-4 encoding abilities. I could be wrong on that, but just, you know, I haven't seen the, the specific benchmarks yet. I was trying to kind of look for that on my phone, you know, while you were talking a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I saw I saw some, okay, so let's talk about AlphaCoder uh, and, and folks. Like, I, I want to quickly say, like, let's yeah. just assume kind of the presentation was 100% real. Like, <laughs> how how would the model architecture kind of look like? Because you have, like, streaming video input, which is, like, 
real time and then you have kind of the model responding to that real time streaming so it has like it's not vision it's like video it's video so what part of the demo um because i did maybe this is the one you guys are talking about but i did see something where somebody's holding up objects and gemini kind of in real time yeah responding to it but i mean that is something at least from what i saw that is something we've already achieved with something like baklava and there's already real-time demos of people doing that with baklava you, you know what i'm talking about alex with mm. Farrell's model um so i'm not sure exactly what we're saying is like so, not real or so, so so yeah that that demo um was the most kind of mind-blowingly explosive demo out of all of this i believe besides the fact that like we now have a model or i guess google now has a model behind the scenes that we we don't have but they have uh, that's a gpt4 level there wasn't just a th such a thing but besides that the demo that like you know went the most viral was that demo of um, a person pointing at things and in real time he talks to the model while pointing at things like there's like a bunch of multimodalities things happen um and that that requires dominic like yes like that requires a real-time video understanding now uh, we saw some examples of open source uh, multimodal stuff where you just take a webcam and then frame by frame it and then like feed those frames mm -hmm. in and understand that's not I, I don't believe that like, that's real video understanding i've seen some examples from 12 labs yeah uh, 12 labs we've talked about also before i think even um, yeah i think i've checked out this yeah. yeah and they have um they have actually kind of a video understanding model i think they call it pegasus um th that's not open source but they showed okay. us some examples of like uh, 12 labs actually understanding video and the context of video in okay. the full context yeah so this would require video understanding would require multimodality and voice voice you don't have to be multimodal right you can do like uh, a yeah. quick whisper like uh, instant whatever you can like translate it to text um multimodal and audio i still have yet seen uh, okay I the rumors they did say that they trained on video no or they, they could have trained yeah. on video but then all, only intake images so yeah that, that could be the case but yeah. then even with um you know the baklava demo i was telling you about which i, I think you've probably seen it um, you know, it's like periodically, like you said, feeding in images, let's say every three seconds or something. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to be too, you know, get into semantics, but ultimately video is just, uh, you know, a lot of images in a small amount of time. So video is so, way more than just this. And the, the reason I know this is because the folks from 12 labs who have a video model, they actually told me a few things that like you start with sequencing uh, frame by frame and then you quickly notice that like scene boundaries are not there and then different yeah, like contexts are, are not there. understand like the you know there's what audio changes between frames there's yeah. audio as well we're like okay. we're not only text there's like all like That's let's true, say you, ha yeah. you see a video of an explosion you, you have to hear the audio explosion like explosion happens <clears> in the background uh, so they explain a bunch of stuff we'll we'll do a deep dive with 12 labs i think i'm, I'm connected with them like we'll get them on thursday for sure because they told me that real time is coming and so the demo that we just saw could be possible very soon with something like a real time at 12 labs yeah that'd um, be hot. yeah and that's gonna be super super cool so i do want to talk about kind of the implications for businesses right so uh, uh, the the theme that i'm seeing on twitter is that okay Gemini released and they released a cool demo and it like it improved I don't know Google's uh, uh, market uh, position uh, by a bunch like five percent I saw I don't know if that's yeah. true yeah. and uh, and the whole thing is that it's not geared towards us the AI geeks on Twitter and like people who are waiting for Gemini to see something new it's geared toward like mature enterprises on on their platform uh, trusting that they have the TPUs to provide. Um, stability and security for whenever you need those GPUs because Google is not going away. The board is not going to probably change its mind like super quick like we just <laughs> saw recently, right? So um, people, especially after the kind of the open AI stuff, 
businesses, real like build businesses, and I think uh, Umesh, you talked about this as well. Um, they need kind of stability. They need options, and we're now having, even though it's still announced, it's still in wait list, but like when in the line of sight, we now have for businesses a real alternative option, and and I think that's kind of impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. What else? What else about Gemini? So, so we talked about Alpha Code for just a little bit, but I do want to touch about Alpha Code because I think it was like hidden behind the scenes of the drama and everything. Um, we've had quite a few coder models so far. DeepSeek, I think, is is getting around, right, guys? Uh, yeah. f- folks are nodding, but like uh, <laughs> DeepSeek, like as far as we know, is like one of the the, the best performing open source ones. Alpha you can Code. Run it on your Mac, like. You can run DeepSeek on, on my Mac, yeah, of course. Um, it's it's local and it's and super cool. Um, no, wait, so Gemini, sorry guys, sorry for the confusion. One thing that I forgot completely. One of the coolest demos that's actually a demo that I saw is Gemini writing and executing a PRD to create its own UI. And I don't know if mm. you saw that. Uh, that was super cool. Okay, so, so 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 the demo, I think it's hidden. It's not the main demo, and I wish it was, because actually there's a video of this. And yeah, that there's like actually six to seven videos that weren't really on the landing page. Yeah. yeah. And so one of them was um, a person asking for, I want to say recommendation or something like this. And then they showed, they have like a debugger view to the right. And they showed um, the model kind of thinking about whether or not it has enough context to provide the the answer for this for this person and then he's like no i don't have enough context so it's like okay i should ask the person the person like says i need this and this i think it was like planning a birthday or something i i can't remember it was um and then and then the model like <laughs> it, it was funny for me wrote a prd a product requirement document which is like something that product managers do and some something that engineers are, are like you know i got ptsd from my developer days like oh <laughs> your prd so it wrote like a product requirements document which we also know from agents that many agents execute like this they like okay what's my plan my plan is like one two three four five i'm gonna execute one i'm gonna reflect on one right like the whole react and thing um and so this was built in as well and then the beautiful thing is, I think it wrote Flutter code, something Google related, whatever. <laughs> and it actually showed in the UI and on the fly UI based on that task. Mm-hmm. And that I thought was like, okay, like they should have shown this with, instead of like the parlor tricks and like the, the thing that they don't have. Because on the fly UI, I think is going to be here, obviously. Like, like we've seen some initial thoughts about this uh, from uh, the recent kind of vision to UI stuff from. Uh, uh, from the the whiteboard people, right? Teal draw. Yeah, teal draw. Thank you. And um, I'm having him on tomorrow. Oh yeah, they're coming. Yeah. Uh, I I'm friends with Steve actually from before. So uh, shout out Steve yeah. and, and other folks in teal draw who like broke our collective jaws and yeah. we're still collecting them from the floor. Yeah. But like on the fly UI, which they saw, uh, they uh, showed us like uh, an example of. I think that's definitely the future. Like you're gonna be talking to an, uh, an AI. It can generate code. It can generate like it knows what you want. And so I think that demo actually like was very impressive for me because I haven't seen anything remotely close like this from OpenAI at least. Um, do you guys know of anything that like uh, in ChatGPT that draws a UI for you? No, I, I don't think there is. Mm. No. no, but I mean, it, Dali, I mean it's, but yeah. that's that's closest. I mean, but it, it should just be a tool. Like if you can call an API, uh, that that should be a, a, a tool. Like it's it's just code generation, right? It's so, not. It's not about drawing, right? Uh, I don't know if it's just. Yeah, it's just constrained output. But if if you just implement some kind of constrained output, and then you'll have some standards over the UI. Yeah. But you you could do similar to how Bootstrap does all the borders and stuff, and then you could limit the AI's output within that constrained output. Yeah, that, that should be possible with with functions and 
Jason Grammer and, and constraint output, like we, sh we should have that soon. So, so I will say it's not like models capabilities, right? They, they did show like multi-step agentry thing happening in order to generate this UI. So it's not like the model can just like generate the UI, but they show this as a concept. And definitely I'm expecting the open source community. I'm looking at some folks right now. Uh, I'm expecting the open source community to look at those demos, including the multimodal demo that we saw that blew away and just say, you know what, Google, by the time you release Ultra, this is going to be an open source and we're going to have, have fun with it. So um, I think overall, I'm very happy with Gemini finally coming. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, good. it's good that Google is showing up. Uh, it's good that they finally released it because we knew it's been there for a while, like uh, behind the scenes. Uh, I think it's great for enterprises and big companies who want to like maybe an alternative. Uh, I think it's great from the perspective of shortage from NVIDIA and chips and everything because TPUs, they have in abundance and they can offer their services. They probably can start under undercutting uh, OpenAI because OpenAI was like the, the, the big boss in town. Um, and generally, generally great. Alpha Coder, they also released behind the scenes. That seems kind of very interesting and dubious. Uh, one of the things about Alpha Coder that I saw was um, they, they're basically brute forcing their way to an answer. They're generating like, like millions of possible answers, choosing like the, the top 50 candidates. And Alpha Coder, for folks who, who don't know, and uh, again, if you don't know, please raise your hand, let's talk about this. Um, Alpha Coder is this very, very intense coding challenge where you know many uh, like GPT-4 fails, I think zero out of ten, or so like it, it goes zero out of ten for many many uh, of the of the questions there, and apparently AlphaCoder like gets to like six out of ten or something, and it does this with generating like an insane amount of answers, which everybody who looks at th those answers says it's it's not feasible, like like just like commercially it's not feasible. You won't be able to like generate this this much. But maybe for now it's not feasible. So Alpha Coder definitely very interesting improvement on the previous Alpha Coder, and I think Alpha Go we all know was like one of the biggest breaks. There's like a Netflix uh, yeah. uh, documentary about Alpha Go and like <laughs> all, all these people. So they're not like staying in place. So uh, Google is is trying to replace some coders with some with some Alpha. Um, yeah, and uh, so something I wanted to mention on the Alpha Code is. You know, I think it's not like as simple as brute forcing a bunch of different, you know, different types of inferences or examples, but there's a lot of mechanisms I know I've heard of people at DeepMind and OpenAI already working on, specifically with tree search methods of being able to get more out of a model with, you know, effectively scaling inference compute to get higher quality output rather than just increasing training compute. And I think it might be something along those lines and, and kind of some smart tree search methods they're doing to derive uh, smarter answer. It seems like I was just kind of trying to search for some benchmarks right now. It doesn't seem like they're showing any, but Alex, you just brought up the demo where an interface was created on the fly. Yep. And you said it also wasn't shown on like the main landing page. And yes. I think that might be because they're using alpha code and they might be planning to implement alpha code into some of their, you know, generative AI interface pro products similar to the GPTs um, that are available from OpenAI. So I think they're going to kind of have a competitor to that maybe in the back end. It's actually using alpha code to like do all of that and, and automate interfaces and, and applications for, for customers. Potentially. Um, I want to get to Akshay who has his hand up and is patient. Akshay, welcome. What's your reaction to all this? Greetings of the James And uh, my name is Akshay Mahavatam and um, I've been working as a data scientist for about the past two years. So I'm more on the implementation sides of AI rather than the development side. And I think everyone on stage snapped on one of the important updates that Gemini brings 
to BARD, and that is uh, the internet access thing, because BARD had internet access for quite a while, but let's be honest, BARD was pretty unusable before Gemini. But with this uh, GPT-3.5-like model, uh, that is Gemini Pro, I have been using BARD since yesterday, and I think it's pretty usable, like, uh, especially with the, all of the integration. For example, every response can now directly be imported into Gmail and uh, Google Docs, and you can, you know, share, and you have this handy uh, controller after every response where you're going to click to change the response to make it shorter, longer, make it more professional, stuff like that. So it's basically like a GPT 3.5, chat GPT 3.5 with internet access for free, right? And this is one of the major developments that I, I love uh, with Bard. I, I think I'm going to use Bard now because I was not going I was not using Bard anymore, mm-hmm. at least in the past. But now I'm using it, and and I think that is one of the major developments that happened. Actually, uh, thank you. Actually, thank you for uh, bringing this up. And I think yeah, like yeah. Go ahead, Nistan. Google still makes money. People still use. Google. So uh, in terms of overall impact, bar might, even though we don't like it, have a lot of criticism, it might end up capturing the majority of the user base just because people go on Google and they'll get some kind of uh, bar uh, augmented answer. So the, there's that whole other side of this. I, I like this way of looking at this. Thank scale. you. Thank you. Actually, thank you, Nistan. I like this way of looking at this because like Google has the option to put this new model of theirs in front of everybody's eyes, everybody's grandma who just like typed something in the, in the in the browser bar, in the address bar, and they put like Bard right there, right? Uh, and then they improve capabilities uh, continuously. Uh, it's interesting to me that like they don't change the name, it's still Bard. And so people need to get used to this. Microsoft just recently changed theirs, Bing, Chat, whatever, into Copilot and now Copilot everywhere. But it's interesting to me that like how people will treat the fact that like we now have I guess we have the same thing with ChatGPT. We have ChatGPT with two different models. Uh, we have Copilot that's going to get continuously improved. It's not like iPhone 14, 15. It's not like versions. We now will have all, all the all the big companies will have like you know a big AI thing that changes and gets like more um, more better uh, across time. And definitely, definitely the the usability that Google can bring with the integration into their ecosystem when you interact with ChatGPT. It can browse the web via Bing, but it cannot do anything in your inbox like necessarily. You have to go to Copilot for that. And then now you're starting looking, okay, well, where is my ecosystem? Is my ecosystem Gmail? So maybe, you know, maybe Bard is, you know, the, the, the sorry, the Bard with Gemini Pro is like 3.5 level, but it has access, like I actually said, to all my ecosystem. That could be interesting. I, I the, the only thing that I tried real quick, and I tried it with, with Swix's uh, small god mode, uh, which shout out to, to Swix if you guys don't know what this is. <laughs> it's a menu bar app that you can install. I think it's on GitHub that opens an overlay on top of your windows, and you can just like simultaneously send, uh, I think you called it god mode because the god prompt, right? Like, yeah, there's a super prompt. It super uh, prompt. farms it out to all the other uh, web apps. And um, the, the main distinction is that it's the full web app. It doesn't use any APIs. Yeah. Uh, because... People only release their new models via web app, so you have to be able to automate every web app. And the cool thing about this is, like, you type once, and it's like it, 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 what you guys did is types it into the individual windows that you see, so you yeah. can actually compare some stuff. It's pretty. Yeah. It's great for like days like this when like a Gemini yeah. gets released. You want to test it out, yeah. And also, like, uh, sometimes you just want to get a diversity of answers uh, because you're you know you're not going to type in more than once, you know, your question, right? Like, you know, it, it, there should there just should be a super chat app that. 
uh, farms it out to all the um, AI APIs or like just yeah, there should be a god mode app for sure. <laughs> and so I, my point was like I in days like this when you want to compare actually compare I I I was sitting on the plane I had Wi-Fi Gemini just released so like oh I need to catch up because I was offline for most of the week. I opened God mode and I typed like the same prompt. Hey, I'm on the plane. I left uh, Denver. I didn't even I don't remember if I gave it the number. I think I gave it like the the the, the number and. I asked it, like, am I still in flight or no? Uh-huh. Just, like, a logic question based on, like, okay, I left the Denver, this time. is the yeah. thing. Am I still in flight? Uh, Google, uh, basically, Gemini failed at answering this, which was kind of, like, Google should know based on Google Flights. So the first thing that I got was, like, here's a bunch of flights for me from Denver to San Francisco, which, mm-hmm. like, I don't need one. I'm on the plane. <laughs> so the logic, like, it failed a little bit. Uh, but then the interesting thing about, like, the Internet access, ChatGPT actually went and found it, found the, the, the flight information, which we know it sometimes fails. Like it, it tries to browse Bing and sometimes it fails with the right search. But that one actually was very surprising. It showed me, yes, uh, if you're on this flight, it left uh, Denver like this time and this time ago. So you should be like in the middle of a flight. You're flying on 30,000 feet right now. Like he nice. gave me some cool information. Um, and Bard with, with Gemini, which I expected to also give it to me, I think they also show you kind of the three first attempts. You can like have a little drop down and you actually see like the first attempt, second attempt, or third attempt at answers because they want to collect like as much uh, RLHF information as possible. All three of them failed. Like one of them could not even find something. And so the real time access that I expect from Google wasn't really there. Um, but hopefully this will improve. This is just like a quick test there. And I just wanted to shout out the God mode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, what that story tells me honestly is that you should be able to swap your search backend mm-hmm. and all these guys are bundling their search with their ai yeah but actually you just want good search it's kind of you, you want a diversity of search kind of interesting the real-time access that you're talking about like you're mm-hmm. saying search but real-time access is what we're actually did you, after, try, right? you, you didn't try perplexity no uh, but perplexity recently released mm-hmm. like an online llm uh, which i think is a really interesting idea uh you know perplexity being a search engine uh, i think this melding of the AI with search uh, makes a ton of sense, and per- like uh, it's a really smart idea. And they managed to find a, a paper that sort of substantiated like how how that how that improves. I haven't read the mm-hmm. paper myself, so I, I can't really claim uh, anything about it. But I just think it's a really smart idea. Mm-hmm. But for users, um, like if you just like why why should we use Bing uh, with ChatGPT? Like we should use like ChatGPT four with. Google. We should use what we uh, use. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, part of uh, something I'm working on for Small Talk, which uh, is this uh, my own chat app, which uh, has been in the works for like forever, uh, is swappable backends. Mm, okay. Uh, which which uh, which I really I, I just like I just want like a power user like like mm-hmm. ChatGPT has become more and more of like a dumb consumer thing, and it doesn't really serve the power user well. Um, and so I, I, I feel like there's there's room for a power user tool. Yeah. And there's actually a paper a month or two ago called Fresh LLM. Yes. Uh, and, that, that might be it. And from what I've heard, Perplexity actually improved their system recently. Because um, in the Fresh LLM's paper, that it, I think it was co-authored by some OpenAI and DeepMind folks. Oh. And uh, from what I've heard recently, the, the Fresh LLM's paper showed something that was an improvement over something that was beating Perplexity uh method uh, perplexities method for their search system um but now apparently perplexity has recently updated their system to something that beats that <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's great i mean yeah. but uh i did not know that it was actually from opening and deep mind people 
Uh, um, I, I think it was at least one OpenAI author, and then I, I think at least uh, two or three DeepMind authors. Yeah, if I which means that they are probably also thinking about it, and they'll probably yeah, release sure. something yeah. like that, which is great. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I hope there's something more fundamental inside out there than just like kind of tacking it in into context. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I haven't read the paper. Yeah, so. it's funny you were saying, or one of you were saying about you know connect OpenAI or, or GPT four with Google. But they did kind of, you know, already do their own attempt of browsing. They have the browsing feature. Mm -hmm. But I find perplexity to be better a lot of times than both Google and ChatGPT's browsing feature. Because, I mean, there's, I don't know, certain problems with ChatGPT's browsing feature. You have the latency that you have to kind of wait for it to go. And it could take 10 or 20 seconds, it feels like sometimes. Perplexity is instant. It kind of is built from the ground up for this entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know... Um, my my own thing is like I will never have like search is a habit habitual thing. I'll never mm -hmm. have perplexity up un until like I one day decide that perplexity is going to be my like my main. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's why like I, you have to build your own app to to farm all these uh, <laughs> different yeah, APIs. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, do something <laughs> on my computer that when I type Google dot com, it automatically redirects me to perplexity. You could uh, do <laughs> you could do that, but like I'm just saying like you want all three. You want Google. You want yeah. Oh, open AI, you want perplexity. Yeah. And like sometimes it will do better than others, sometimes you won't. And sometimes it regresses as well. Like um, uh, I, I caught a regression in Bard um, a few months ago that was pretty mm. concerning. Well, so hopefully now. Sean, what's uh, up? I have, a, I have a question for Sean. Uh, can I use multiple Microsoft accounts on, uh, on, on God mode? Yeah. Because uh, that's kind of how I use Bing. Well, for example, by the way, I really, I, I love perplexity it's actually of all the companies i think they're one of the yeah, few that yeah, actually know what they're doing well, on the yeah. infrastructure side yeah and and usability but bing search is still way ahead i think it's like a bar to cross for most because they run simultaneous ones there is hardly any latency they've parallelized the searches and then they vectorize all the uh, all the up as well so the way i use being is I I often have creative mode and <laughs> precision mode and I copy the other sources into the other and make them all search like 10 15 searches at once nice. and then that's how I get so if I could run like 3 4 accounts god mode that's yeah. how I would I would use it are we getting a uh, god mode like, feature I, I request I like love it yeah yeah no so, so this is a common request so, yeah. yeah this is a common request um I I, I so the the way I I did not I did not expect uh, I did not anticipate that, so I, I haven't made it yet. Uh, it would require a minor rewrite. Um, you're you're welcome to do it if you feel like uh, code, <laughs> coding. It's just JavaScript, you know. Yeah, GitHub. Uh, it's, it's yeah, it's just, it just requires a minor rewrite. I just haven't prioritized it yet. But yes, it's it's feasible. It's not possible in in the app as it is today. All right, folks. I wanna I wanna uh, look like be mindful of time as well. And I wanna move on to I think we've covered Gemini pretty. Definitely. I think the last thing the, the last point you mentioned. I just wanna like briefly recap what you just said is that uh, Google has the search and now it has the big AI. Uh, obviously, OpenAI is partnering with Microsoft and the, the Bing search is there. Mm. X is also making the play there because they have a real time access to what happens on X. So they actually do have a search that's like real time. Um, and uh, perplexity, we talked about they're kind of using a few as well it does kind of look like the most usable ai is going to be something with real-time access right like we, we just got this we, we got bing back what a you month should be ago? you should be able to toggle it on and off yes you should be able to toggle every feature on and off yeah. and the fact that ChatGPT removed that 
uh, that toggle is is concerning. Yeah, um, yeah. I so think you yeah. do it with the custom thing, but but yeah. So yeah, but I agree with you. Like we, all AI should have real time access to be actually optional. helpful. Yeah, optional but helpful assistance. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, folks. I think we're we covered uh, Gemini as well. Um, I wanna I wanna slowly move us to. Uh, the next kind of area in the big company models, and then we can talk about the open source meetup that, that mm. we all went to and gonna have fun. Mm. So the thing that I saw that was quietly yesterday, but like it probably like suddenly is already on Twitter, is that uh, if you guys remember when uh, Cloud Two released, uh, it came out with a hundred thousand tokens in the context window, and then briefly after Dev Day, where OpenAI said, "Hey, we have one hundred twenty-eight context window now," uh, they came out was like, "Oh, actually, no, we have two hundred, right?" So I love this like cat and mouse from Entropic. I see. Shout out Entropic, by the way, who uh, they now have a bigger like uh, they have to prove themselves in terms of multimodality because like everybody else is now multimodal and Entropic is just just text and maybe some functions. So we're hoping to see something from Entropic in the multimodal area, hopefully soon. Entropic, where are you? Um, but they, uh, when they released the 200,000 uh, contacts window, uh, a few folks started like checking this with the needle in the haystack test and different other tests. And I think Greg Crombard, I can't pronounce his last name. He had a famous tweet, like I think reached like all of us basically, where if you use their huge context window, you may lose a bunch of things. I think we all reposted this. We talked about this on Thursday. I and Anthropic actually came out with an answer to this yesterday. And Skill the, issue. And, and and they're like mm -hmm. basically Steve Jobs did, where like you're holding it wrong or you're prompting it wrong. Skill issue. Yeah. When they said uh, thank you, Greg, for doing this work, which by the way they provided him with API credits and uh, initial access to the model before all of us, right? So like, yeah. they, they've been working with Greg before. Um, and they basically said that, hey, with this one thing, you can you can improve the the long context prompting from twenty seven percent to ninety eight percent. So you, I don't know, that's not super common in like the the industry. Like with one thing, you improve something from twenty seven to ninety eight. We know like contact, um, chain of thought prompting. We know the React. We know all the like prompting techniques. None of them, I think, get you to that that much. Yo, so, actually, so uh, Kojima et al. Um, the let's think step by step paper improves uh, from baseline. So baseline was uh, they had this benchmark that was seventeen uh, percent, improved it to like seventy eight percent. So it's, it's not unheard of not unheard to of add it, like yeah. five words and then suddenly it's, it does a lot better. I heard so I I, ha I heard this tweet and I should probably find the source of it where it's not only just prompting. The one thing that Anthropic uh, with Claude allows you to do is to prepend the output of the model. So you know like in Prontic like you put you put the context and the to tokens on the user. You can yeah. do the system thing and also yeah. the user thing and then the model answers. Yeah. In Entropic and Cloud what they allow you to do is like uh, basically it's kind of like a like like what Nisto was talking about kind of like a f uh, forced generation but you can like you can kickstart the model. This is how it always worked. It's actually that like and OpenAI used to work this way, you know, mm -hmm. with the G03 models. Yeah. Like Honestly, cloud should never ever take this away because this this opens up so many opportunities to explore prompting techniques. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And OpenAI locked it down to to this to the chat response. To model. the chat responses, yeah. So they should keep it. They, this is great. But yeah. I think OpenAI took it this way when they um, the completion models stopped being the default ones, right? And we switched mm -hmm. to the chat kind of back back and forth yeah. interface. Uh, and Tropic is a chat interface, but it's a kind of a different thing. And so just for folks in the audience, if you want to like get the 200K uh, context window fully executed with 90% uh, increase, 90% is almost like 
like we've talked about con- long contacts before, and many people dismiss it as like, ah, look at this, look at Greg's like research. Like, Greg just showed that like even if you send it, you still need drag like all this. And now Entropic came out and said, no, you can get like a 98% uh, recollection of everything that we sent to it, to all the 200k tokens, by just prepending this prompt and uh, prepending it not to the, your prompts as a user, but the actually kind of the output of of the Entropic model. Which I find super cool and uh, like worth worth talking about. Luigi, go ahead. Do you remember what that prompt is? Or like, is is it just a single, sh- relatively I, I short thing? I think it was like, he is the most important thing in the context of Incom. Yep, that was okay. the, that was the prompt that they recommended to uh, fix okay, the Greg Comrade yeah. issue. And I, from I mean, from the beginning when I saw, uh, hopefully I'm thinking about the same thing. Um, it's like you know, it's like a graph showing at different contexts, like how well it's able to retrieve things. Yep, correct. Uh, Bunch of greens, bunch of reds. Yeah, I was fairly skeptical at that at first because we've done some research, you know, like at Noose where we worked on, you know, the Yarn 128K. And I've seen some experiments at least that seem to be, you know, significantly more accurate than what was shown there. And then, you know, of course, like, you know, uh, it'd be nice to think that open source is just, you know, smoking OpenAI or something. But I think OpenAI is, you know, probably doing long context pretty well. Uh, and then, you know, and, and Claude to Anthropic, which, you know, is made up of a lot of ex-OpenAI employees. Mm. But I think, if I remember right, I could be wrong. I think that Benchmarked actually is AI judged, which I, I think that's, you know, a major flaw in a lot of things. Sometimes, you know, maybe that's the most practical way to do certain things, but it kind of, you know, hurts a lot of the reproducibility and, and a lot of the You think AI judging is bad here? Uh, in a lot of ways... It, Why? Like, what what, what I, evidence do you have that? I, ideally, I think simply just you know from reproducibility and sure. uh, from bias that the judging model can have towards its own its own results towards its own types of results and towards yeah. uh, results that <coughs> maybe like in a when you tell it to look at maybe a certain style that it's not used yeah. to or trained to so, or so many different variables. Like so that. is this this is something you tried in news and you concluded that it's not useful. Um, I've seen some things at least with I know uh, MT Bench and I, I believe Alpaca Eval uh-huh. are AI judged and seen some things with that where it seems like things that at least a lot of human preference seems to agree. Let's say one model is better than the other, uh-huh. but MT Bench will kind of seem like uh, the you know the opposite comparison okay. is true. Okay. Um, okay, and it seems like th- it's biased towards the judge. Let's say it was um, one of the models was synthesized. Uh, sorry. One of the models was trained on GPT-4 synthesized data, yeah. and then you're using GPT-4 as a judge. Yeah, yeah. Like it's you know yeah. more biased towards that style. Yeah, that and you know there's been papers that research uh, different models judging other models. Okay, yeah. Uh, so there is a there's a home bias, which is like if you if Claude judges Claude or GPT-4 judges GPT-4, it will rate itself higher. Mm-hmm. But if you have other models rate the others, it, it's it's better. It's more yeah. objective. Uh, by the way, uh, Alex, just want to let you know we could hear the typing a little bit. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I think we're having some technical di- difficulties because I'm not on Wi-Fi as well. So as we're coming on to an hour that we're here, uh, Swix, uh, we'll pause for just a brief second for folks. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put some music on. Could you uh, help me connect with Wi-Fi? I think w- we're getting Wi-Fi. like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, one second, folks. Uh, we, I, I know about the audio issues. I apologize. Wait, is that going to disconnect you? I don't think so. I think it should be fine. Let's try it. <laughs> Let's try it. Folks, we're going to try something. And worst case, you got like an you hour. You get rug pulled. Yeah. I would not recommend hey, it. I, I would just I keep Wi-Fi? it as is yeah. because when uh, WebRDC switches yeah. to Wi-Fi, 
it has he's to already on the Wi-Fi. He, he's uh, hallucinating. Um, yeah, it might just by like. Yeah, oh, okay, no, okay, non okay. issue. No, he's already on the Wi-Fi. So I was on the Wi-Fi. So maybe the Wi-Fi was the issue, and I, I should not be on the Wi-Fi or something like this. People were uh, uh, kind of saying that we're getting cut out, and it sounds like a, maybe a cable issue or an audio issue. Hopefully, you guys can hear us better. I will say this: if you missed any parts of this, we will be posting this on Thursday. I the podcast as well. We have local recording, backup audio in this awesome studio mm. from Latin Space, mm. and so we should be good. If you missed any part of this, and you want to listen, we will be all right, folks. Um, all right, we've covered we've covered multiple stuff. We've covered like cloud two and long long context. I'm still a big believer in long context. Like I love the fact that like I'm able to shove as much as possible, and it's really really great to see that like the scare stuff about hey you know it's like well it loses context that with a prompt you can get like to 98%. Now again, Anthropic came up with this. It's great that they did. They're they're reacting to the kind of the community and and how like. Um, they're basically fixing the vibes, which is we all know sometimes like we judge by vibes and how, how models perform. I'm excited to try out this uh, this specific thing. And I think the, the actual string is here's the most relevant sentence in the context and colon. And then you prepend this to the output of the model and then it gets you up to 98%, which is kind of crazy. And thank you actually for pinning this to the, to the nest so you guys can see that yeah. improvement. So um, I, I would just mention like uh, this is good, uh, but it's a bug. Right, like this is not AGI, right? Like you should not your your answer should not depend on six magic words, you know, thrown in there, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully they fix it, right? Like there's not something to celebrate in my mind. This is just like a temporary bug fix, is a mm -hmm. yeah, right? And, and ho hopefully they don't fix it by in the back end adding that exactly. prefix yeah. and then just the hiding it from yeah, the yeah. user. Yeah, yeah. I, hopefully they fix it. They, they need level. like uh, Cloud Three should just it should just work no matter what you put in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's one thing. And then two, it, you know, uh, long long context wise, there's still other reasons to not prefer long context. One is cost. They charge you for the full context mm -hmm. cost, right? Every API call, if you have 200K, is going to be what? I don't know, $2. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and then the other thing is uh, debuggability. Mm -hmm. um, if you got it for, if you got a result that you don't understand or don't agree with, like where in the 200K did it go wrong? You have no idea. So mm -hmm. there's no sourcing. Uh, which, by the way, GPT-4 Turbo has some kind of sourcing. Well, GPT-4 Assistant API has sourcing. Which a lot of people don't really talk about, but um, do you know what I mean by sourcing? That it like tells you which parts of the document, like it it, it took the yeah the precise link from? that is uh, not like, like references and citations, yeah. pretty much like it gives yeah. an exact uh, token. Okay, that's pretty cool. Anyway, so it is pretty just, cool. yeah, the other other reasons to be like like two hundred k is great, but like it's still not perfect yet. It's still not perfect yet. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, they will fix this bug, as yeah, you yeah. said. And Tropic, uh, hopefully, will come out with something like a multimodal as well. So we're waiting on Tropic. Uh, I will say a few things that are interesting, like in the in the area of open source. As we kind of move to open source, m open source will have to catch up. And I think it's a good it's a good time for for now to like switch to the open source stuff yeah. and kind of discuss where we went to. And so hopefully, folks can hear us better now. I think I had some. I think I, I was jumping off and on Wi-Fi, and th that's what was cutting out. And so, uh, yeah, Nistan, uh, confirm that you can hear as well. And hopefully, we will move to the open source stuff. Context to say, is that context is mainly for input. The the output context is still pretty limited. Uh, usually, you'll just get less than 8K in output, even in uh, the big GPT-4, 128K, except sometimes when it's writing code. So the while it's being trained in long context for uh, for input, it's not that well trained for uh, for outputting uh, long context. So that's one thing to to keep in mind. 
Yeah, so uh, the models are not very good at just outputting 100K. Yes, and then you have to keep reprinting. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, folks, uh, we let's move to open source and discuss open source. And I have a transition for us. Wow. Open source AI, let's get it started. All right. I uh, the reason why Swig said wow is that I'm sitting in their in their studio and I've loaded their software with my custom like uh, audio sounds and everything. Uh, so yeah. So let's talk about open source, folks. The reason why we're here uh, and the reason why at least I flew in here. And um, okay, let's talk about the event that we went through. So I'm actually going to ask uh, Shrumanik. Hey, Shrumanik, uh, who's sitting with us here. Uh, you're not based in San Francisco, unlike Swix. Actually, Swix I think is the only local here in the room. You're based in Germany, right? And why did you come here to San Francisco? I I know like it's it's a long way. I had like nine hours jet lag. It's like it's it's not good for your body. But like there were like multiple events in San Francisco, so like people. I know like San Francisco is so great people, and you come here, meet them on the events, and like you just come because you're going to events. Like there was like the. A16Z event we went yesterday and I went to like a hackathon and I forgot the name from Tinker? Tinker yeah. AI? Mm -hmm. What yeah. was the name? Yeah, we went to yeah AI Tinker, A16Z yeah. event, uh, a couple hackathons. And then last time you were here, you actually went to AI engineer event with Swix yeah, and some others, right? Yep. Yeah. So you came through like a bunch of stuff for a whole week of like hackathoning and things. Uh, we, I don't think we mentioned ModCon, but like you went to ModCon I, as well. ModCon, I yes. So uh, <laughs> just le let's let's maybe like talk about ModCon because uh, you know we've been waiting on Mojo to actually like materialize and and be this thing that like improves everything. Is there any like big announcement from ModCon that you remember? Because I, I haven't been able to follow. Uh, yes, follow so like this. they just released like zero point six with traits. It's kind of a language feature. I, I cannot explain like what exactly it's it's it is, but like it's like an abstract interface uh, stolen yeah, from like Rust. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, basically yeah. The, the 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 main idea for Mojo is that it's Python and Rust having a baby. Uh, so they, they <laughs> took they took Rust's biggest uh, type feature, which is traits. So it's like Mojo's slowly developing to like something you can actually use. I talked to some people like we we kind of waited for traits to like come because like people need traits to like develop libraries in it because they need like to build abstractions yes and yeah and i think like now people are actually starting to build like libraries in mojo and like maybe we get like a web server maybe we get like some small tensor tensorflow pytorch thing but they also released like the mojo engine which is like the inference engine that they're running their stuff on? Yeah, and, and you can, it's like a Python package, but also a Mojo package, so you can build like models with it and like. Oh, okay, okay, that that, that should be very, very cool. Cause like based on their metrics and based on the stuff that they showed us when they launched Mojo, the inference engine is where it's at. Like that's the, the a bunch of performance boost. So you, you get a bunch of performance boost from the compilation. The fact that it's not like runtime, it's compiled language versus like Python, but also a bunch of the performances that they claim they haven't released yet, which is their inference engine, which is kind of a PyTorchy thing. I, I assume I'm not like fully understanding. So hopefully we'll follow up on, on some Mojo 
stuff and and talk about them more more in depth yeah. and i would say like uh you know so they had me there to speak on a panel um with chris and um uh brian katanzaro from nvidia and then uh damien from um uh, facebook pytorch uh, and it was very interesting to be on that panel with them because technically if like mojo does everything right like they might eliminate pytorch or replace pytorch that's kind of the point right like with their yeah with their stuff. and I, so that was like you know i was kind of like a secondary moderator or whatever um so like the, the question i really wanted to ask was how do you how, like you know is pytorch threatened by mojo but i felt like that was too spicy so what do you think <laughs> do, do you think it should be I think if Mojo is a success, PyTorch will gradually fade away, but the the, the API will be there. Mm-hmm. Be great. I, I think they do like a lot of interesting background stuff. Like for example, if you implement models like Llama two, you have like an attention layer, and the Mojo backend engine like automatically replaces that with Flash attention, yeah. which is not a completely new thing. So like um, yesterday there was a presentation from uh, Wing which is building Axolotl and it is also kind of doing the same thing. So it's like they didn't like invented that completely, but they do like a lot of optimization. So you write like a really tiny amount of code and have like kind of code, which is like, which should be like 10,000 lines, but you write like hundred lines kind of. And it's yeah. They, really and they show like a side by side comparison on, on stage. Yeah. It was, it was uh, really compelling. So what else out of this event, Swix? Uh, I did not know you were there, so it's uh, great to know. Uh, what I'm a speaker, else? man. I'm on the landing page. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I was out. No, I told no, you. No. I like, we we had a podcast with Chris Latner, uh, and like he really liked our podcast, so yeah. he just invited us to. Awesome. To, Shout out Chris to Latner, host. the goat. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and then like my highlight was he uh, they hired some like break dancers to to open the show. Whoa. And, like, uh, it was like Monday morning, a developer audience, and then they they like they all see like funky break dancers like getting down and doing. Floor work on on stage, and we couldn't see them, uh, but like Chris was like just trying to get the the, the audience riled up, so he started dancing with them, and like <laughs> just like it was just the, the most um, like a very techy like nineteen nineties techy event, uh, like Balmer developer, like, yeah, developer, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, stuff. like trying to be cool, but like not really succeeding, but it's still charming, you know, like still like it's like, Chris oh, is great, it's, like it's like he's making an effort, like that's that's great, yeah, uh, yeah. So like uh, I, I think apart from that, um, like. Not, like it was a very modular and mojo focused event mm. uh but i really did feel like um the 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 feeling was in the air that this is a legitimate python plus plus um and um the 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 feeling that i had was really like um you know a lot of people are talking about like what happens after the transformer uh what happens after uh, you know after nvidia um and it it seems like mojo and modular are positioned in such a way that um, no matter what, uh, no matter what GPT five is trained in, mm. um, you know GPT six and, and beyond, like uh, it will probably be built with something like Mojo and Modular, uh, because it is such an expressive language. Like it, it um, and and they've like worked out the inference engine uh, part of it as well. Um, that you don't have any trade offs um, on on any level. Yeah. Um, like you, it works on multiple uh, hardware platforms. Um, and you can you can do the standard uh, flash attention stuff if you want, uh, but if you want to be a bit more fancy with the algorithms, they, they still have sort of the Rust-like features that you can sort of drop down to uh, to implement like new algorithms if if you feel like it. Um, so I, I feel like it, it is just uh, achieving its mission of being a Python superset um, uh, that will be probably a better basis for a machine learning uh, language. 
than than Python was. Python is accidentally a machine learning language, yeah. but um, this is something that's designed from the ground up to do that. Uh, listen, just before we get to you, just a quick uh, thing. I already heard yesterday that people talked about the AMD release because AMD came out with something about uh, comparing their chips to like H200s and showing, I think, I saw all I saw is a screenshot of Lisa, I think, uh, Linda? Linda. Uh, Lisa Su. Lisa Su. Yeah. So Lisa on stage <laughs> is showing about like the, 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 the um, comparable to H200s uh, kind of chips and then people reacted as, yeah, but software is not that great. So, Potentially, Mojo and whatever is coming because of the Rock M. Um, yeah. Okay. Eh. There's there's other Tell compilation techniques. Say, uh, you know, we also interviewed uh, 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 QT from um, what's his what's his with MLC. Mm. Uh, there's other compilation compilation techniques. So we uh, we also interviewed George Hotz and right. who is also working, working on, on AMD, uh, stuff AMD stuff as well. Um, so I don't know. It's, yeah, it, that, that's not a distinguished feature. Distinguishing feature. It, it is more about um, being able to write Python that that can drop down seamlessly, uh, and then uh, you just like lift and shift existing code over. Um, that that is the really hard work. For for Mojo as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I was I was going towards like, hey folks, like this future, th- this current future that we're living in now, that's locked into the Nvidia ecosystem is slowly kind of unraveling because we see Google on TPUs and releasing their biggest models. Uh, we saw something from Intel, even though some folks yesterday were not impressed. They also trained like a bunch of stuff not on uh, NVIDIA hardware, just recently with um, like a fork uh, of, of Mistral. They trained like custom hardware that they have. And Intel is like a long gone, but maybe they, they'll, they'll pull like a, a, a magic trick. We now hear that AMD is coming out. With, we have a bunch of um, new inference stuff, like the inference from Mojo, we had MLX which uh, was very interesting. I, I want to briefly mention MLX before we go open source because it's kind of related as well. We talked about that at Modular event? We, no, 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 we haven't oh, talked about okay. MLX, which is like, I, I saw MLX and I would actually love to hear from folks who did go into MLX. MLX is, Apple is kind of the, the, the big the big company that's still behind in the eye and everybody says, hey, Siri's still stupid. Um, Apple has a significant, like, open source efforts and they're showing like little crumbs of what they do and Apple is like notoriously said and I think Chris Lattner either on LinkedIn Space or on some other podcast he said that he was at Apple when he developed Swift and they worked on Swift for four years and nothing like nobody knew about anything even people at Apple didn't know that Swift is being developed right so Apple is notoriously like hiding things until they release them and then when they release them it's like significant but they have been dropping hints and so a few hints that I remember from Apple was the improved stability diffusion like inference with open source they released like a stability in, uh, diffusion and f- this week's they released uh, MLX which is a, um, a significant improvement I think on inference but I'm not sure if it's training as well related on the Apple kind of software the silicon software because specifically their neural chips and we've talked about this on Thursday a couple of times their neural chips are uh, this like a confusing thing a mix of a GPU and the neural engine and the CPU and yeah. they have like the mutual memory as well so it's not like very standard like a GPU is separate machine and you have to like to CUDA to run your PyTorch on top of so Apple stuff is is not that optimized usually and we saw uh, Georgi Gerganov and Lama CPP actually do perform very well on, on, on MacBooks and we're now able to run this Olama folks as well uh, and Apple released their own thing called MLX. I, I still haven't able been able to play with this, but they're not releasing this just just be, because. Like Apple doesn't do stuff just because, and so we do see hints from them. So I do want to talk about MLX. I don't know if uh, folks here had the chance to to play with this, but uh, yeah, Nisto, go ahead. Yeah, so this is going to be a pretty opinionated take uh, on me, but I think MLX 
Mojo, Llama, CPP, and stuff should be what you do after you code in plain Python. And uh, I am a big fan of Chris Ladner's uh, password. I am not a fan of this. Uh, optimize everything behind the scenes and don't tell me what's going on. Uh, or like what Shumanik was saying about, well, they use flash attention, but but they didn't. I want, an, I want complete control. So uh, for example, for uh, deploying inference and stuff, I'm not using any Python at all. Uh, but for coding the model or for doing the work, PyTorch, in my opinion, is not, is not going anywhere. You do the stuff in plain Python, you do all the work in plain Python. It's like, yeah, you can go down to Rust and stuff, but nobody's going to really do that. And then you start optimizing with Mojo and all this stuff. I, I, I don't For me, I find it extremely frustrating. Like, are they caching the different parts of the memory and then running the inference in parallel, like VLLM is doing? Are you doing the flash attention tricks? Like, what tricks exactly are you even doing in, in this uh, thing? It just makes me feel like it's like the Vercel of the of development type of thing. And um, I'm, I am not a, a fan uh, of it. I, so yeah, that's just my uh, my contrary opinion. But MLX will be good for uh, for inference mainly because uh, doing stuff on Neural Engine is a complete mess. Like, you don't know if it's it running is, right? in, yeah. in date or F16 or what precision is running or if it's going on the CPU or GPU, you don't have any control. So it's good that they released this framework and people have already Posted models uh, for it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, before that's, that's before we get to so thanks, Nistan. Before we get to image, just real quick, uh, Apple also released with the M3 and M3 Maxes. They released like three new uh, silicon chips recently, and they specifically talked about optimizing on their hardware. Something about I don't remember like fully, but they they talked about a specific thing approach for memory utilization, something like this. And in my in my head, like something like MLX, if it was being able to switch into from like Llama CPP or whatever runs models on my Macs. Uh, Apple's stuff will probably utilize the the very hidden stuff behind the neural engine. Uh, all right, folks. So I think it's time to finally talk about the reason that I flew into San Francisco. So uh, uh, Shroom, you 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 flew in for multiple events, and we talked about ModCon. We kind of sidestepped into ModCon, but yesterday, yesterday we all. Uh, some of us got packed into into an Uber. Some of us got packed into a Waymo. My first ride. I'm gonna post this about this like later. I finally got an invite. Yay! And we drove down to the A16Z office in San Francisco uh, with many many fine open open AI open source. Not actually, there was some open AI folks as well. We're gonna mention um, one guy. Yes, <laughs> at least one guy. <laughs> there may be some hidden folks as well, but at least one guy that we know. Um, and we we had this like awesome meetup about open source AI that was organized by Olama. So shout out, I think Jeff Jeffrey and uh, and Michael, uh, the folks who organized this, and organized by News Research. So shout out to Imozilla and and Technium and and uh, Karan and like all, all the all, all the folks in News Team. And uh, I think there was like Alignment Labs as well, folks were, were well represented. So Austin, aka Automata, is is here as well in San Francisco and presented as well. And it was just a great event, folks. I really, really enjoyed it. I like the amount of talent and and the Twitter folks that I met kind of keeps rising from every event. This is my third time in San Francisco. Swix, <laughs> I think I see you every time. I might as well, might as well join uh, um, this uh, Newton Newton place <laughs> that we're at and rent an office here. Um, and uh, so we. So let's talk about the event a little bit. So it wasn't like a big agenda. It was basically like, hey, open source is here. Let's meet. Async Z, we definitely know. Um, 
are big supporters of open source. So I guess uh, LDJ, you wanna you wanna cover because you were actually speaking about this. Um, what kind of how behind the scenes of organization of this? Like what what how did how did this event came about from like your perspective? Like sitting in a little bit of news, a little bit in uh, alignment labs, and kind of training a bunch of open source models, which were also represented on stage yesterday. Yeah, it was really closer, cool. Closer to the mic, if you Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, got to talk to a lot of people, a lot of people that were, you know, using, you know, our work that we've been able to develop, and a lot of people that, you know, have seen our models here and there, even if they didn't use it. But I think what was really cool is just the, all the different projects that were kind of announced. Um, I know there's a couple of things along the lines of uh, somebody was using RWKV, for example, or, you know, in the alignment lab talk, uh, RWKV was used for something kind of similar to AI Town. I think it, it was kind of integrated into AI Town. Uh, and having something like a really long context sequence of events happening in AI Town with a lot of different virtual agents interacting while not having, you know, that slowdown that you typically see with something like Transformers. And just a lot of different cool applications like that with cutting edge architectures going hand in hand with being able to unlock new applications like that and products. So, yeah, exciting. I saw uh, uh, quite a few folks. Weeks, I think you had the, you had a run in with with Senpai. You want Senpai? <laughs> no, I mean he. Uh, I think he was there before the event got started, and uh, OpenAI had their annual holiday party yesterday. Mm. So a lot of people are in town for that, and uh, so he he was just on the way out, and he he said hi to me. I was, I was like, Senpai noticed me. You you <laughs> you're <laughs> hard. Um, so for folks in the audience who don't know who Senpai who Swigs is Senpai is, you have several. I think Satya is one of your Satya Senpais. Satya is Senpai. Yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. You, uh, you got to meet him recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously Andre is like Andre uh, a legend. Yeah. Uh, we I've talked with him about coming on the podcast, and and I like he's a listener, and at at some point he will. Awesome. Uh, I just I just don't know when, but uh, so yeah. So Andre Karpati was there. I think Technium invited him, and I saw like a collaboration. He's definitely like watching what happens with open source. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, he's releasing videos for people to get into the open source and, and learn how things are working. The the infamous LLM kind of for, for busy people video from a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. and like that wasn't even like his. Full strength. He was just like a. It's just a casual chat for him on a casual chat yeah, and like it succeeded like <laughs> immensely. Uh, I really liked it and recommended viewing for everyone. Uh, so uh, some of the other stuff that I saw was Jeremy Howard. I, I I wasn't able to say hi. Jeremy Howard, like a big believer in open source, obviously. Yeah, I caught up with him as well. Uh, yeah. A great great mm -hmm. dude. Uh, I saw Simon, our, our mutual friend Simon mm -hmm. uh, Wilson here. He, a, a shout out Simon if you hear this. He then went to to see a Warriors game, which was like also very important, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Luigi, you tapped me on the show like, "Hey, you should meet this guy." And so we met. I think that happened a couple times for a couple <laughs> different people. Yeah. Least, so so, <laughs> do you remember who who I'm talking to about L Lalo? Oh yeah. yeah. So um, Lalo from Mistral AI. So it's somebody I've interacted with a few times before on Discord. And what's really funny is me and him were just grabbing some cucumber water at the event some fancy water and we kind of like bumped into each other and we none of like neither of us were looking at our you know the name tags at first or anything and we we're just oh you're getting water too and yeah and we were talking for a good one or two minutes before i looked at his name tag and we we're like oh we talked to each other on discord before what's up and then from there yeah we just kind of <laughs> yeah everyone together. needs to put their discord names uh, <laughs> yeah on, on the yeah. thing Absolutely. <laughs> so Lalo from Mistral, and we had like a bunch of conversations. People came yeah. up after like we figured out, hey, 
this is a guy from Israel. Most of the models that are better performing here are trained on like the, some of the stuff that you released and like yeah. when's the next big stuff. So everybody like trying to, to prod Lalo. Uh, it was really a great conversation. It was, like we got to hang out with them a bunch. I, I think Alpai, uh, the guy from Open Chat, right? Alpai was was there. Mm-hmm. So we got them connected as well. So like hopefully they, they obviously. Uh, and I think he he told some stuff that he asked not to repeat like live, so that's fine. We'll we'll obviously yeah. uh, well, there's certain things that I think what we for sure could say is on the website, it says still uh, on the Mister website that, that bigger models specifically yeah. are coming in the fall. Yeah, and he pretty much emphasized that that that's that's not a mistake. Pretty much like that website is being honest. The website is being yeah. honest, and yeah. bigger models is part of their like theory and the open source yeah. and everything. I will say I don't know how they measure fall in France, where I come from. Fall ends in November, December is already winter. Yeah. So like twenty twenty four. Yeah. So okay, but yeah. we're still waiting for some incredible stuff from Mistral, and uh, they're obviously watching the community reaction. They see it. they're very impressed, and they want to mm-hmm. like show they're they're big on open source as well, huge in open source. We saw the way they release their models, the way they take the positions in the kind of the EU. Uh, the EU AI stuff like Mr. was like, well represented there I've talked with Lalo about kind of the impressive impressive show that France specifically Paris is is showing in terms of like being the second place to AI after probably San Francisco mm-hmm. which is kind of impressive right the Meta Fair and Jan LeCun is obviously French and Fair is like based in, in, in Paris um, DeepMind I think has a big office there so one of the co-founders for Mistral uh, is, it came from DeepMind the other two, the other two from Meta um Obviously, Hagen Face folks are French, uh, mm-hmm. right? So there's like a huge, huge show from from EU, specifically from France, and I was I was re- really surprised and delighted by this. So it's pretty cool to talk with Lelo as well, um, and they're watching the community. The community is probably gonna gonna do some stuff as well. Uh, who else did we run into this event? We've talked with I saw Hagen Face huge stickers. I was I didn't meet any Hagen Face uh, folks there. Um, we saw obviously folks from uh, news research present so Imozilla, the guy behind the yarn paper one of the co-founders of news uh presented and i think swix you had a great tweet about like what they presented about the forge uh we wanted to show to, to chat with Imos, but like it looks like uh, he's traveling today so uh news research is uh, if you guys remember that party from uh, the 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 infamous uh, Grimes party after the Dev Day news research is partly the the folks who organize that and this as well and uh, they're working on some stuff beyond just like training models right Luigi so um, yeah yeah and uh, something I could talk about now that it's you know been talked about in the talk is that we we have this thing called NewsForge and everything and we actually already have uh, what I would consider a pretty nice interface for mobile mm-hmm. where it's a mobile app you can already use our three billion parameter multimodal model that can take in images and have a multi-turn conversation with you and have it all run locally, even on a non-pro iPhone. Uh, I don't think we have it actually working on iPhone yet, but it's at least working on Pixel currently. Mm. And then um, theoretically- Is that the, the Obsidian model Obsidian, that, that you worked yes. on? Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. And then uh, theoretically, it shouldn't be too difficult to get it up running on iPhone as well, Not, even if we don't use the neural engine, even just with the GPU power on the iPhone chip and then just through MLC, format which is pretty well optimized to run on iphone yeah mlc format mlx not related to this no mlx MLC is, is not related is yeah. tq that the guy i talked about earlier yeah. mm-hmm. so we saw a kind of intro introduction from this as well we, we saw the first time i think a public like discussion about forge as well which which is cool and it's coming from news um uh, 
I specifically love the kind of the agent approach in there as well, right? Like, uh, because nothing that I saw from you so far besides like, hey, here's a few cool models. And obviously, we, oh, we have Technium in the audience finally woke up. What's up, Technium? <laughs> uh, and uh, like Open Open Hermes has been like making waves and like one of the like best performing models. Uh, obviously, we, we have to shout out Olama, which is like a super simple way to download and run these models. Uh, I think somebody told me that they uh, they have Llama CPP kind of hidden yeah. behind the scenes, right? O Olama is running on Llama CPP. Yeah. It's kind of a wrapper around it in, in Go. And it's like just a really, really, really easy interface. So you can pull models. They probably do it from Hugging Face. And it's kind of wrapping that technology into one really easy to use tool. And they have an API. So yep. you can use it in Langchain or like do your own thing with it. Like and and um, uh, thanks, Shumanik. And I think Olama is also like being used by other softwares as well. Like if it's installed on your computer, it does. You don't have to like install. Uh, I I don't think you have to install like uh, uh, requirements or different things like this. So uh, they actually the Olama folks also showed something new that they have like a multi-modal vision thing coming. I think that they can drag some stuff. Um, generally, a great event. I really enjoyed the presentation but there's like not the biggest part of it so i think uh, shuminik you mentioned this as well you come to san francisco sometimes you fly for an event and then you fly out you barely get to meet people you were lucky that you were able to like ride those weeks on the, on the waymo last time or like a cruise, cruise, cruise. one of the last yeah, yeah. cruise rides ever yeah yeah <laughs> rip cruise um and swix like an engineer event was great because like at least i spent half of it not on talks i spent half of it talking with people and this this was a meetup it wasn't like a big like organized event um it was just a meetup but the amount of conversations that, that people organized for, I, I thought was great. Like I met uh, like a bunch of folks um, and I, I really enjoyed it. So tell me, Swix, I wanna hear from you kind of, um, I, uh, you're, you live here, you go to these events often. Some of them you organize, a lot of them we organize. Um, Tell me, tell me your vibes after like this open source event and the folks uh, you saw there. I think it's great. Uh, I told them they should do this every week. <laughs> wow. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean cause, just cause like it's so nice to go to one event and then see like what like five six d different people are working on uh, and and um, also I think the the Andreessen Horowitz partners are <clears throat> they, they're very well informed and, and it, it inform like good to talk to yeah. on, on just like uh, what's going on in the ecosystem mm -hmm. um, yeah and, and like um, yeah I, I also w didn't watch all the talks uh, I actually missed the alignment lab talk I, I feel like I'm regretting missing that one um, but uh, yeah I was just uh, there hanging out with Jeremy <laughs> just uh, chatting more um, he is uh, I, I think it's like not secret but like you know it's not super well announced or anything that he's working on a company oh wow um, so uh, I just talked to him about so uh, Jeremy is Jeremy Howard yeah. the, from Fast AI right yeah. that's the guy mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. he's um, I think it's like semi stealth or like you yeah. know something like that so, so yeah I, uh, it's pretty interesting uh i would say like the the um yeah he, he can't say anything else about it unfortunately but um that's why he's been doing more publicity recently mm -hmm. compared to before mm -hmm. so, so what else was announced at the, at the talks because I, I saw the 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 news uh there was like the desktop software i thought i thought that was pretty pretty cool and then uh, there was the the training pipeline uh was there anything else to, like kind of big or so the the news announcement was about Forge. Forge has uh, a way to like inference models. It I think also works with Olama, if I'm not mistaken. You can pull stuff with Olama, or or was that a different um, a different UI? I think that might have been like a, a different talk. Uh, 
but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Olama talked about their kind of uh, their chat with PDF stuff that they kind of announced and like it's soon to completion. One of the Olama guys talked about like a local chat with with your documents model. Oh, I think that that's what I'm confusing. Like that, if you're on Olama as well, that like the chat itself could be based on different different models as well. Um, uh, DJ, you want to cover a little bit of so, the, of the stuff the, that you talk about? With well, Olama also su- uh, announced multimodal support, which I thought was pretty neat. Olama also, yeah, th- that's right, with with a drag and drop. Yeah. Which I, you know. <laughs> drag an image into your terminal. <laughs> I, and I think we've seen this with Open Interpreter as well, and Killian has been on the podcast uh, multiple. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, uh, one of our highest episodes from uh, last year was with Killian Lucas from Open Interpreter. And Killian also, like, Open Interpreter kind of does fairly similar things. You can drag a file mm-hmm. into your terminal. Mm-hmm. And then it just like you know, just the terminal paste the whole URL. Um, so I, w- I really wasn't impressed. Like I don't think that um, this is the it's way. It's a that fun trick, yeah. It's a fun trick, but like I don't think that this is the way we're gonna u- use multimodal. AGI I want to achieve. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to <laughs> select an image and be able to run multimodal. So yeah, but they mm-hmm. did announce uh, integration that's coming soon with the Llama multimodal. Uh, LDJ, you want to cover a little bit about what you and Alignment talked, and also I think. Uh, uh, RWKV was w- with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, Eugene um, from RWKV Eugene, yeah. was also there. Yeah, so I talked a, a, a little bit about it a few minutes or, you know, earlier in this podcast episode about how Eugene, who's one of the main RWKV people right now, he kind of showed off a little bit of uh, kind of the AI town type of system, which people who aren't familiar with that, it's essentially having kind of a bunch of different agents in a little virtual world, like a video game, acting as different roles and controlled by AI and with their their actions and interactions controlled and, and followed by AI. So the and UI was released with uh, A16Z yeah. open sourced it, right? Mm. Yeah. So A16Z open sourced that and we were pretty much showing that with that RWKV can much more efficiently and much, <coughs> much longer context have uh, an efficient conversation going whereas transformers it would start slowing down extremely. Mm. <coughs> I think it's roughly uh, every doubling in context length it's about four times slower uh, when you're scaling the context, with the, that's you know quadratic scaling, the transformers that you might hear about. Yeah. yeah. So RWKV is a, what, a competing architecture that also runs LLMs. It, it, exactly. Yeah. And right now the main uh, the main downside of it is that it's not just it's just not competitive yet with the latest transformers. For example, the latest transformers are trained you know seven billion parameters for you know over two three trillion tokens, and then of course even larger parameter sizes than that. Right now, the latest RWKV5 version, I believe, is only, I want to say, um, 3B or 7B. And at most, I want to say about 500 billion tokens uh, it's trained on for that RWKV5 version. So, you know, it still needs a lot more training. Uh, of course, it needs more compute sponsors to really get that going and, and to kind of kickstart that project more. So, um, yeah, also, uh, Wing uh, from Axolotl. Mm-hmm. Axolotl is a software that I heard multiple people talk about. The folks from A16Z, uh, folks from Clear, but like uh, many people, like br- brought up Axolotl. Axolotl is used by you guys mm-hmm. uh, in in opposite of like the HF Trainer, which is it's based on. So kind of funny, like Olama is based on Llama CPP. Axolotl is kind of like on top of like a wrapper on top of uh, HF Trainer. Axolotl is open source software that helps mm. you guys fine-tune models mm-hmm. uh also you can also train models from scratch but i heard that that's not that great so wing from Axolotl also talked about some packing stuff could you could you briefly cover the packing stuff that he that he talked about yeah um in short usually you would have something called padding tokens in training so let's say you really only have a conversation in uh in your data set that's about 500 tokens long and 
and then one token is roughly very roughly equivalent to one word or you know 0.75 words depends on, on different factors and let's say it's about you know uh, 500 tokens long well if you want to train a model with examples up to 4,000 tokens long then you usually for all the ones shorter than that you usually have to add a bunch of padding tokens so that every example fits technically a full mm. 4,000 um, but what the packing does or multi-pack does is it allows the model to pretty much train where you fit a bunch of let's say 500 token examples in the same context during the training process so effectively you can kind of train through your whole data set faster in a way uh, more efficiently I mean, there's some problem or I wouldn't say problems there's um some theories that maybe it's not as effective as you know the regular unpacked form but yeah, it's definitely faster training with this on the same amount of real tokens, and yeah, it could have a lot of benefits down the road. Wow! So like, like basically stuffing the rest of the context, not not the inference context that we usually talk about, right? Not not like mm-hmm. how much you can send the model, but like the context window while training on on different sequences, just kind of uh, using the uh, unclaimed space basically, just like exactly run through your yeah. data set yeah. faster. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and there's some extra stuff on top of that that he does, I believe. Um, some attention masking things that that gets a little bit more into complicated technical details. Yeah. With. Um, but yeah, theoretically, I, I think there's been some talks that OpenAI is probably doing something similar in mm. terms of at least using some basic packing methods uh, during training. And I think there's actually some, you know, uh, things that maybe specifically suggested that in some prompt engineering experiments people did. But yeah, Swix. Yeah. No. Nope. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So um, definitely that. I, I think I recorded that one as well. So I tried to I tried to like X live stream and uh, it was very interesting because like Technium afterwards asked me like, hey, how many people saw it? And as I was like live streaming, I saw like five people on the stream. <laughs> but as X does, it doesn't show you like real time some stuff. Like I think like 2000 people like tuned into the stream before, which is kind of crazy. I, I don't know if I can trust the numbers, Swix. Like uh, sometimes we like, we look back at our spaces like, oh, 20,000 people joined. Uh, but uh, sometimes, uh, yeah, so people saw the stream. It's on my profile. So I recorded Yoko who did like a pretty cool demo from uh, from A16Z. She had like o- Olama, Olama pets or something like this, or like a- Tamagotchi. Olamagotchi, yeah. Lamagotchi. Olamagotchi, where she kind of basically ran a Tamagotchi game based on Olama. There was mm-hmm. a, one dude that was building something cool with, with like a game engine that was talking about. I, I cannot remember, honestly, um, his name. So uh, apologies for that. Corey. Uh, yeah. Corey. Corey. I think it's Troy. Oh, Troy. Yeah, 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 Troy. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't hear it for some reason. So it was a, a bunch of a quick, uh, cool events. But then afterwards, it was uh, just like a bunch of connections and a really, really great place. But definitely the stuff that was announced, I think I, I took videos of most of it. So it's on my profile. And a shout out to Olama team for organizing all this. And a shout out to Swix who let us stay in the <laughs> in the Layton Space studio, but now needs to leave. Um, but... With the sound, and I think you guys you guys heard the, the door close, right? <laughs> um, so I think that that covers pretty much everything that we're here to talk about. The, the the several things that I haven't covered yet that are interesting from this week is from um, AI art, AI art and diffusion. And I don't think there's like much to talk about, but basically, if you guys remember, we talked about the EMU AI art generator from uh, Meta, and Meta has released a standalone kind of uh, standalone place to talk ab- to, to, to generate that uh, images. It's called imagine.meta.com. And it's pretty cool. It's, you know, it's not DALI 3, but it like Meta is uh, probably 
potentially thinking about open sourcing this, right? Meta is like big on open source, so this could be like a safety test before open sourcing. So imagine.meta.com, I think that's all we had. Uh, we also, if you guys remember Pika Labs from a few weeks ago or a week ago, they announced like this super cool trailer where everything was like super nicely generated. Uh, just after Stable Diffusion Video was released, Pika came out and said, hey, you know what, like the open source is cool, but here what we can actually do. And that trailer was like bonkers. Everybody was like, we're posting this trailer. So people started using Pika Labs and I saw like a bunch of examples with Pika Labs as well. So that, you know, not open source, but that that's definitely coming. So I think that's all for today, folks. So let me just like briefly. Wait, wait. Yes, yes, go ahead. We have one more. We have one more, uh, a big one. So tell me. There is a new non-transformer architecture <laughs> that oh, yeah. this might or might not blow up. Uh, Mamba, so right? we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's Mamba. So it's not transformer quite transformer based uses some cnn stuff I, I won't go too much into detail but the strange thing is that it works and it, it works pretty well so we'll see where this goes because it's uh in the example of rwkv rwkv is pretty complicated in the in the way it works for people to experiment with but this one is relatively more uh, simple and uh, yeah, so Eric Hartford released one that you can try it out uh, yesterday while we were cooking. Um, Pharrell got pretty obsessed with it and uh, made uh, combine a whole bunch of layers into an 8B. And this even scales up to like um, 80B. So if people want to do the same thing and train it and see if we get much better results at scale, which it looks like we probably would. Uh, then uh, they're they welcome to. But yeah, there's a new non-transformer-based architecture out, and it's working wow. and uh, might be applicable for CPU inference as well. well. We'll see where it goes. Again, or it might just be another RWKV. You know, it's just pretty good, but doesn't quite come up to par. We'll see. Anyway, uh, there's models out for it. There's Frankenstein's out. It's pretty insane how quick. What's, what's Frankenstein? I think I saw Pharrell post about this. What's Frankenstein? Like, uh, can you tell the audience? So, also, this is very interesting. So, uh, there is an 11B Frankenstein called Synthi uh, Merge, where they took a whole bunch of 11B fine tunes and they knitted together different layers from them. So, some layers that were fine tuned, some layers that were not fine two and they went layer one layer layer two so uh, for the folks in the audience uh, a neural network has like 35 layers in in the case of mistral so they kind of knitted these together and uh, in that example the 11b mistral is actually really good and uh, they also made a, a llama 70 uh, frankenstein which is called gorilla 120b and that's also very good and and the interesting thing is that because they share a lot of the memory between the layers they actually run pretty fast for like uh considering how much larger they are as models. But yeah, we have Pharrell here who just created. By the way, this model is raw, like it's still kind of uh, very experimental, but it, it does run. So uh, yeah, that's the other huge might be a huge breakthrough in in the field. All right, Pharrell, welcome to the stage. Uh, tell me about this Frankenstein thing and wh wh what you were cooking and why you're so excited about Mamba. Pharrell, I don't know if you can unmute. Oh, there you are. Oh, I'm I'm on the stage. I didn't I didn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like we we just uh, like I just merged uh, 
a bunch of these layers together and different, uh, like, it, it, it interleave basically different layers together uh, to create uh, kind of this larger, um, like, like uh, deeper, essentially, mamba uh, metal. Um, it still needs a bit more training, but essentially, it's it's basically like initialized with all of these weights that are already kind of trained in 2.8b. So right now we're training, um, and uh, we've got basically um, a range of models from 5b, 8b, uh, 13b, and 34b. And we're just going to basically like take it, you know, one one size at a time and uh, see how it goes. Let me, let me yeah, ask like a, us. potentially like a, a, a simple question uh, uh, just for me to understand. Uh, are you continuing uh, fine-tuning things that were trained with transformers and then using Mamba in some like uh, weird way to continue training them? It's like, uh, what am I missing about Mamba? Because so like Mamba is completely trained from scratch. Oh, it's... all the models completely trained okay, from scratch so, with Mamba? Um, Close the, to the mic. So yeah. So the model sizes for Mamba are really only, um, if I remember right, around 100 million parameters they released the model size to up to 3 billion parameters. So not a very big model still yet. But yeah, they're a completely different architecture, completely trained from scratch. And somebody who actually worked on it, it was co-authored by Tridao, who worked on flash attention and is kind of doing, I think he's a chief scientist currently still at Together AI. Mm. And it's not officially a Together AI project, project it seems, but uh, he is one of the main authors on this Mamba project. And I believe that 3 billion, the largest model they released, the 3 billion parameter one, it is still only about, I want to say, 300 billion total tokens. So, of course, that's a lot smaller than like the 1 trillion or 2 trillion tokens that was released for Llama 1 and Llama 2. So there's a long ways to go, you know, before it's probably actually something that we can directly use as a replacement as Llama 1 or Llama 2, but not because of, you know, any architecture being inferior, but simply because it's not trained enough yet. Just money. Um, just like exactly. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure that together in TreeDAO and others, you know, we'll be able to hopefully get the funding and everything and compute to be able to train the larger versions. Uh, but right now, just if I was to give a quick summary from what I was reading, and, you know, there's some big numbers involved here, but TreeDAO has released some stuff like flash attention that claimed to get double the performance and training and speed up. And it did actually end up literally making all of our training runs like twice as fast and twice as, as cost efficient, essentially. So he does have a track record for making big claims, but end up uh, having this follow through. So so here's the numbers roughly for Mamba from what I saw. And these are conservative numbers I'm about to give. Um, it seems like at the beginning of conversations, it's at least twice as fast and throughput as transformers roughly. And that's like optimized transformers. And you, then- You're talking about inference stage? Um, I'm talking about training and training. inference. Training, right? inference, okay. Yeah. Uh, roughly, so about twice as fast at the beginning of conversations. And then because of how context scaling works with transformers getting so slow at longer context, at AK context, it seems like Mamba would be at least four times faster. Oh. And then when we're talking at around 64K context, it would be at least 100 or 200 times faster. Whoa. So It gets uh, faster this, the, the more... Well, it, it's not that it... Uh, sorry, I'm saying faster compared to transformers because transformers yeah. slow down so much. Yeah. Like over a hundred times slow down compared to the original at the beginning of the conversation. By the time you get to sixty four k, but yeah, so yeah, Mamba so Mamba's much closer to linear scaling with that. Mm. 
go on. Yeah, the in your quadratics going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was also interesting. Just a other little detail that I'd like to summarize is apparently, so there's a transformer model that they were also able to directly compare against that was the same amount of parameters and same amount of tokens that was trained on on the exact same data set as well called Pythia. And according to that, you know, there's a, a still a few things that were maybe not exactly the same, like, you know, hyperparameters and, and other technical details that Pythia might be inferior with. But it does seem like the Mamba model trained on the same data set with the same amount of parameters is acting more like the transformer model with almost double the amount of parameters. Um, so essentially what I'm saying here is with the same amount of tokens and same amount of parameters, it seems like Mamba is able to actually learn a lot more from that data and from oh, wow. that training compared to the Transformers equivalent. So if that ends up panning out and scaling up, that's really exciting. And I mean, yeah, it just ends up meaning that we can even run better models on our phones and even faster and way better models on our laptops. That's pretty much what like we talk about here on Thursday I'm, like a lot, right? Like no matter so i was thinking about like a new breakthrough transformers was obviously a huge breakthrough and helped like these machines this like uh, learn everything computers come to light and now we're like in the age mm -hmm. of like lms because of transformers basically right so uh rwkv is one such thing that we've covered right and, and also mamba uh funny name but like easy to remember uh is is very interesting approach thank you for br uh, bringing us to us uh farrell nistan ldj nistan thank you for reminding me and uh bringing some ai news from this uh, past week so what are we to expect from kind of mamba and like where should we follow along farrell you have some you have some kind of thoughts and and you're working on some things um where where should folks follow like these developments it's not yet kind of um operational Luigi, as you said right um it works well so, yeah, yeah, it's, like use it, it's just not trained enough and like for the enough parameters really to have something like really useful mm -hmm. um but actually i did talk with karpathy about mamba and also Lelio from mistral um they both said like they you know they're both looking into it they're both like you know think it's there seems to think it's interesting and uh, you know when i brought it up to kaprathi he was like yeah we looked at it and when he said we it sounds like he's saying like you know we yeah. we sent in the slack channel or something so it seems like open ai at least of course the, you know they looked at it or, or kind aware, of yeah. investigating into that so i think it's really so exciting. that means okay yeah. that means it's new that that means it's new yeah it i just, mean it might be better than what they have it just i mean yeah i mean they've talked before about sam altman has talked before about uh how you know they're always like sharing with each other the latest papers in the slack channels you know for open ai so you know that we, we know at least they're doing that and it it does seem like the mistral people um you know like not that they're guaranteed to come out with some new architecture in the near future but it, it is exciting to hear he was talking about how they're of course are you know staying updated with all the latest papers and research that is happening with latest architectures and they are interested so yeah, I think the, the future looks exciting for 2024. Very yeah. exciting, very exciting. Multimodality is going to be there, maybe potentially a Transformers replacer, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Google stepping into the scene, hopefully releasing Gemini for us. And so yeah, folks, I think we're coming to the end of. Actually, yeah, we have exactly three minutes left, so we're just on time. We're coming to the end of Thursday I and I wanna I wanna just like shout out real quick that. Um, if you understood some of what we're talking about, but not all of it, uh, Weights and Vices have a great course, LLM course that was together with, um, gosh, I forgot together with whom, but like, uh, oh no, I know, Jonathan from, from, 
model. No, I'm sorry, I forgot. I need to prepare more. Uh, but we have a, a fine-tuning LLM course that's like very extensive that I suggest uh, and definitely I'm going to take myself. And as I walk through it, I will learn together with you guys. I want to say huge thanks to uh, Swix as well that uh, hosted us in this latent space. Literally, like it's so cool to sit with like you know uh, LDJ over here in front of me, Shrimanik over here. Swix just left, but also with like headphones. But also we tried to. Despite some technical difficulties to, to bring you this like Thursday, I digital and physical form together, it, it somewhat succeeded because I just heard LDJ talk with Nissan. Uh, Nissan's far away. Um, uh, great shout out again to Olama folks and, and, and news folks for organizing this event that, that brought like like Luigi just said, oh, I talked with Karpasi and, and Lelo from Mistral like just yesterday, just like as though it's like a thing that happens, uh, which I absolutely, absolutely love. So shout out to Mistral folks. Definitely are expecting the long autumn and they will be releasing bigger models this autumn based on their website only and nothing else that we know. Wink, wink. Um, but yeah, th definitely that's what he said. Like I'm not inventing anything. He said like, mm -hmm. you know, the website is true. We're true to the website. And so... I want to thank all of you to join uh, Thursday Eye every week. We're, we've been here since GPT-4. We're continuing to bring you like the latest in, and greatest in open source AI and big companies AI. And we've talked a little bit about uh, diffusion models as well. Um, and shout out, obviously, to Weights and Biases, where I work right now as an AI evangelist, which is like very in tune with what you guys are hearing. And we're going to be in Neurips next week. So I'm actually going to flying to NeuroPS after I'm here in San Francisco. So if you're in Neurips, please come talk to us. We'll give you cool socks, which I don't have yet. And we'll have cool socks as well. So I'll definitely give you at least one pair. Um, so if you're there uh, to talk about this, I know there's like 15,000 people going to go there. I think it's in New Orleans. It's in New yeah, Orleans, yeah. yeah. So we definitely have a, like a after hours special with weights and biases. So if you're there and you can't get in, Text me or DM me. I'll, I'll try to get you in as well. And I think with that, it's time to finish on Thursday. I, I want to say hi, uh, thank you as well to folks on stage, Nisten and Pharrell and educated guests who's here, Umesh and some other folks. Uh, a huge thanks for news for inviting me to this like a uh, cool event. And I think we'll see you guys on the next one. And we're gonna go get lunch in San Francisco because I just got a text from from a friend of mine. So with that, let's see if we can like play us out here. And if this works, then we're gonna be off. All right, everyone, thank you for joining. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.